Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Yeah, welcome along to Robins on the Wire. Bit of a different episode this week. Firstly, I'm catching up with Bristol Post reporter for Bristol City, Gregor McGregor, reflecting on the result against Preston. Then we'll be hearing from John Evelyn, who watched the under-23s in action, where a number of first-team players featured. It's quite intriguing what happened with that one. And we're going to hear from Bobby Reid uh, on life growing up around the city of Bristol and what it took to become a professional footballer and how he's changed his game as well. Uh, so, Gregor, first up, let's talk about Saturday. That was a fantastic win. And it felt like at that point, Bristol City were back on track after that win against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, emphatic performance on Saturday against Sheffield Wednesday. Exactly what the Robins needed. 4-0 thrashing of a decent team. And Sheffield Wednesday are, are a, a good side. Um, I know everybody said possibly the worst side to come to Ashton Gate. And yes, it was obviously City's best performance of the season, uh, apart from the Plymouth game in the Cup, but you can't really count that one. Um it's just that, basically, Sheffield Wednesday have got horrendous injury problems. Um, and it was, in many ways, the perfect way and um, perfect time to play them. Um, because they're missing, obviously, all these guys um, and the new managers come in. And he's still, uh, it seems that he's basically having a look at everybody, trying to give everybody some time to impress. Um, and he doesn't know what his strongest side is. He's been making plenty of changes. And uh, the Owls actually had a lot of their most experienced and best players to an extent um, on the bench so um, looking through their lineup certainly I couldn't understand a lot of those um, but as for City yeah I mean it was a really welcome shot in the arm wasn't it just what they needed Bobby Raw, um, Bobby Reed back in form great hat-trick um, assists for Brownhill Pack and um, Patterson lovely lovely back heel from Patterson um, and yeah another goal for Brownie and I, I, I think I said afterwards and I stand by this that I think maybe the best thing to come from the game apart from Reed's renewed confidence and sending him soaring to the top of the goal scoring charts is that it really feels like now that um, we know what Bristol City's best side is in that the front two are now um, the best, well, to my mind, the best strike partnership in the Championship. No other front pairing has scored as many goals as those two. Um, and the midfield sort of picks itself as well. I, I know a, a lot of people have been moaning about Jamie Patterson, but I really don't know why, because he's um, one of the league's leading key pass makers, i.e. he's one of the most creative players in the league. Uh, he's almost got the, the most assists in the league. There are three or four players ahead of him there, but he's not far off. And he contributes a good number of goals as well, so he, he would be playing every minute for me. Um, I really rate him that highly. I think he's a Premier League player in waiting, as are several other players, including hat-trick hero Bobby Reid. Um, and there's plenty more to come from him. Yeah, more on Bobby Reid later this episode. I agree, by the way, about Jimmy Patterson. He's been fantastic this season. What a back heel that was at the weekend. Uh, let's just come back to Bobby Reid. You've got some impressive stuff on him, haven't you, Gregor? I dig dug out some stats at the weekend, just looking at the scoring rates of him, Tammy Abraham and Codger, and it was interesting to see that he's, Reed is not far off the um, minutes per goal ratio of Tammy Abraham, which is fantastic, and and he might well uh, match the sort of 23 goals that Tammy scored in the league last season. 
Um, and it certainly looks like he's going to hit 20 goals. And you, you've really got to hand it to Lee Johnson that once again, he's, he's um, really created or, or got his main man up front scoring goals regularly. Um, obviously, he had Kodja, brought in Tammy, and that's worked out. And now he's converted Reed. I think this is a real massive plus, and it goes to show what Johnson can do and he really really obviously rec- he, he, he's got a good eye for a striker and he knows what makes them tick and he can get them firing on all cylinders um, I think we're going to see more and more from Reed. He's he's got the all-round game and this I think maybe people don't appreciate this so much but he works so hard and I've been banging on about this stat all season and it's one of my favourite ones is that there's no other forward in the championship who makes as many tackles per game um, if you think of all the other stri- um, strikers up there or very highly rated Kenneth Sahor of Cardiff maybe Medine now of Cardiff um, yeah uh, Bonatini at Wolves all these guys nobody makes more tackles i.e. gets their foot in i.e. works hard and has an effect because you can track back but not actually make a tackle but this guy, Reed, is he's getting in there, he's winning the ball, he's having a real impact from the front line, and he's setting the tone for the side. Fantastic um, effort. And I've, I've said this a few times as well, he really reminds me of um, some of the top-line strikers, such as Harry Kane and Luis Suarez, in that his work rate off the ball is simply, yeah, fantastic. He, he's just such a, a live-wire uh, Duracell bunny type player in that he is always on the move. Um, he has this real effervescent energy about him. Um, and because of that, and given that he's probably going to improve further yet, he's going to score more and more goals, I do think one way or another he's going to end up in the Premier League. Now, that probably leads on to our exclusive interview that we had in the post this week with Bobby and um, I thought that was a brilliant interview with um, Neil Maggs he's, he's, he did a fantastic job there really lovely to see the two of them going back to their old school there and also hearing about Lloyd Kelly and other guys coming through which bodes really well for City and I th- thought Bobby Reed came a- across brilliantly, it showed his his character and what a lovely guy he is and he's he, he obviously wants to pay back the community he comes from, that was lovely to see and it was interesting to hear him talking about his ambitions as well that he wants to play in the Premier League he wants to play Champions League as so many players do and um, yeah he obviously wants to do that with Bristol City so hopefully um, everybody's ambitions will be matched over the the next couple of seasons and yeah um, hopefully he'll sign a new deal I, I would like to see him Sign a new deal and maybe City turn around and say, listen, Bobby, we, we know you're 25 now um, and a football, footballer's career isn't so long, but give us another season. We'll, we can go up together um, and if we don't match your ambitions, then, then if a good club comes along, um, then yeah, we'll let you go. But by the other, um, at the other end of the spectrum is, realistically, um, Bobby should look at what, what's happened with Tammy and obviously, Tammy's gone down the road to Swansea this season. Has he had the best season in the Premier League? Decent, breakthrough, but not outstanding. Um, and obviously, a lot of seasoned people, such as Lee Johnson, were saying that maybe Abraham would benefit from another year tearing up the championship. And maybe Bobby should bear that in mind as well. Um, is it really worth that while worthwhile going to somewhere like Brighton or, or Huddersfield to maybe... Um, play at the lower end of the Premier League um, if an offer doesn't come in from one of the really huge clubs 
Um, he might be better off staying at, at Bristol City, playing regularly and being a hero and helping take his home club up. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see, really, on the contract front. Big um, few months ahead. And um, I think he's waiting to see what, what what's going to pan out with City. And, um, yeah, hopefully it'll be a happy ending for everybody. But Brilliant. As I say, much more on Bobby Reid later in the episode then. So, Preston, not so good for Bristol City on Tuesday evening. Did Preston deserve it, Gregor? And of course, in just a little while, please, your thoughts on Horder Magnussen. His error did lead to a goal, maybe. Maybe Frank Fielding, partly to blame, but did Preston deserve the win? And yeah, Preston probably did just shade it, but when Diju scored, and I, I thought that was a really classy goal, and that shows how much he's improving. And as I said earlier, yeah, the two of two two City strikers, both him and Reed, are really making this nice... Um, partnership, some great combination play between the t- the two, and I, I really do think it's getting better and better, and is is a major plus point for City. And yeah, that was a great goal, stepped across his marker, lovely link up from Reed's cross. But yeah, they they maybe didn't match Preston's aggression and work rate in midfield quite enough, and certainly the the the, the, the problem was the defensive errors. Now, a lot of people have been slating Magnussen. I don't think he played that badly. In fact, I, I thought it wasn't too, yeah, it wasn't too bad a display at all from Magnussen. He, he certainly saved, he saved a goal with one interception. If you saw the match, there was one header he got to that just basically just nipped in before Greg Cunningham put it in. And that was all, that was a certain goal that he stopped there. Um, for the goal itself, yeah, it's a bad clearance. He sliced it. He's not hit it well. And yeah, that's an error. However, for me, um, Frankie, and I, I do really rate Fielding, um, Frankie is out of position there. I don't know, there's obviously a communication issue because he shouldn't be rushing from his line if he's not going to make it. Um, why has he come out so quickly? He obviously thinks maybe Magnussen isn't going to um, make the inception, but he does. Um, and yeah, Brown, it's a fantastic finish over Fielding. But if Fielding stays on his line, then um, he makes an easy save or... or it's a really difficult chance for Brown either way. So, yeah, I think Magnussen could have got away with that if Fielding basically had stayed back. But, yeah, the two of them I would apportion blame too. But um, equally, I, I thought Magnussen wasn't too bad. In fact, Magnussen had a several chances to score during the game. Great long-range shot, um, free header from a corner. Maybe should have found the back of the net with, with the header even. Um, and it, yeah, defensively wasn't too bad. I didn't think there, there were certainly errors for that second crucial goal, and that that one is the one for me. You know, City get back in the game finally on equal terms, and that is such a kick in the teeth to concede just seconds um, later. That would that if I was a coach, that would have me tearing my hair out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Johnson was livid about that. Um, and yeah, that comes from weak mentality and um, not being switched on, not thinking defensively enough. The two centre-backs, where, where are they for, for that goal? They're just completely bisected by the through ball. And yeah, Smith maybe could have done better, but I don't blame him too much there. He's up against a pacey Sean Maguire, does his best. And uh, yeah, so um, much work to do. And this has been the Achilles heel for me for City this season. And just not enough clean sheets, too many soft goals conceded. And that's that's the problem for, for me. Um, the attack is okay. 
um, fifth best attack in the league and I expect them to get better if they all stay and improve which they will do I expect that to rise up to fourth third best attack in the league where they're falling down is not enough clean sheets not enough defensive resilience they've got to improve on that oh yeah how clean sheets are needed right now let's look ahead to the weekend Burton and also Bristol City obviously without Aidan Flint after that sending off this could prove so costly couldn't it so yeah, moving on to the Burton game and um, the suspensions to Joe Bryan and Aidan Flint on the Flint um, flashpoint last night. Uh, yeah, I have sympathy for him. <laughs> um, yeah, he's obviously been um, set up a little bit there by Greg Cunningham. Uh, it was interesting to see Greg actually after the match. He came out and he after he was in after he had his shower and everything, came out in the club colours and he was talking to the Bristol City media team and he was all smiles and everything, but. Yeah, he's he's been clever there, hasn't he? He basically, yeah, he's, he's sort of caught Flint where where he's down on the ground. He's frustrated about the result. He's frustrated about um, not getting any um, protection from the referee. And I have to say, I have every sympathy for him because he he was properly manhandled by the Preston defence last night. Uh, Jeff Eltringham has got to pick up some of that. And it, this is like a, a running issue over the last few games. Flint is such a monster in the air that um, he's just been singled out all the time. Absolutely, um, yeah, his shirt being tugged, wrestled and everything. He's just being thrown to the floor and the referee's got to see this. Um, I do actually think Johnson and the coaching staff could do more to highlight this. If if it was me, I would be yelling at the ref to spot this kind of thing and I'd be making more of a song and dance about it in things like press conferences as, as well. Um, I think they could do that to really bring this to attention um, because it's going on for too long and it's costing City, basically. Um, so, yeah, he's fr- Flint's frustrated. He, he gets the, the pat on the head or the ruffle through the hair, whatever it is, reacts and, um, yeah, it's a red card, isn't it? Um, unfortunately, I, I don't think it's an elbow to the chops. As um, I, I don't think it's quite as um, blatant as that. I just think he's kind of pushed him away, but caught him with the elbow, unfortunately. And it's a, yeah, the three match suspension, which yes, is going to have a massive impact now on City. Joe Bryan two out for two games, but you can't do too much about that. Really, it's an accumulation of yellow cards. Um, and yes, ultimately, all these injuries and suspensions are going to cost City over the season because it, yeah, it calls into question your squad strength. And yeah, it's, this is yeah, it's quite, it's quite basic. It's quite simple. Um, uh, Bristol City's squad strength isn't good enough, obviously, for them to go up this season. That's that's where um, the problem lies. But that's football, you know. Their first eleven, when everybody's out. They can give anybody a game. We've seen that against the Premier League sides, haven't we? And in the Carabao Cup. But over the long term, bringing the other players in, um, yeah, it just they're just not quite there, not quite at that level. Um, but it's not easy as easy to build a squad just like that. Everybody's thinking, well, okay, why didn't they spend more in January? Well, because basically the club has said this is their philosophy. They're not going to spend big on players. Not going to. Um, uh, go for a, a fast solution. They're going to build over the long term. So that means people are going to have to be patient. They're going to be bringing in young players who are going to take time to develop. Um, and they're going to bring in maybe value signings from abroad and maybe players from the lower leagues. And likewise, they're going to take time to um, get adjusted to the championship. So people are going to have to uh, wait a bit. And I think really, yeah, City have had a great season and they, they're going to have a tough 
match against Burton at the weekend. But we have to realise, step back and realise that they've come a long way in the last 12 months and it's going to take some time for Lee Johnson to develop the finished article. It very rarely... Um, it's very rarely that a championship side um, manages to um, build instant success. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Burton is going to be huge, but hopefully the Robins can regroup. Um, and I do think they still have enough to win that game. And if they can, then who knows? Maybe that can kickstart the run that does see them um, regain a spot in the playoffs. OK, as always, thanks, Gregor. So, Bristol City under-23s played Charlton Athletic under-23s on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, four first teamers played up at Fairland. And here's the match report and what happened from Post reporter John Evelyn to fill us in with who featured. Hi, this is John Evely. I'm up at Fairland, having just watched Bristol City under-23s beat Charlton Athletic under-23s 2-1 in the Premier League Cup final group stage game uh, Bristol City had a very good game they scored early on through Corley Woodrow who is one of four first teamers named in the starting team today and uh, Opie Edwards got the winner just 15 minutes in time in between that Alfie Doherty uh, le- levelled for Charlton to give them a chance in the game but uh, in truth Bristol City were far too good for them and were on top for most of the game, bossing the possession and territory. The big news is that there were some big names and big men back in the side for Bristol City. Those men are Milan Juric and Jens Hegler, who have both been out for months with injury problems. Hegler, captain aside, starting at centre-back, uh, having made his first return from knee injury, which required surgery, and Juric started up front, um, again having had... Uh, surgery on a groin problem which has kept him out for a good couple of months both men did pretty well Jurich probably should have scored early on he only actually played 30 minutes as the City looked to be easing him back in but uh, he certainly did himself no harm at all and seemed to come off uh, without any problems Hegler played twice as long as that playing just over the hour and was barely tested in the competition looking commanding under the high ball and uh, fairly decent with his passing as well I understand Lee Johnson was in the crowd watching and I'm sure he would have been pleased with what he, what he saw because these two men could have a big impact on the remaining uh, outcome of Bristol City's season as they look to push to stay in the playoffs to have a chance to be in the Premier League. Uh, there was plenty of good performances from some young talents as well. Um, Rory Holden once again impressed me as did uh, Tyreek Backinson who was playing in central midfield who barely put foot wrong all day. So all in all, a really good day for the Bristol City under 23s with with uh, great news for the first team as well um, and uh, 23s now go through to the final 16 of this competition where they play Swansea. So good news on those first teamers returning to action, especially with the problems Lee Johnson faces through suspension. It'll be interesting, wouldn't it, to see if Jens Hegler maybe features at the weekend, especially with Aidan Flint suspended. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, so Bobby Reid has had an outstanding season so far for Bristol City. His hat-trick at the weekend made him joint top scorer in the championship. And once again, he contributed on Tuesday, assisting the Framara Gizu goal. Now, the Brist- Bristol Post has had an exclusive chat with Bobby as they went back to his old-school Eastern Academy. And we've got a real insight into his life, including growing up and the support of his family and the dedication required. I was, I was dedicated, I think. I kind of knew what I had to do and I was more disciplined than maybe others. Maybe looking back now, I might have not known yeah. that I was being like that. But looking back, I think I was and, and it's helped me in the long run. Yeah. My mum used to take me up to Abbotsley, which was a, 
along their way. We used to get four buses to go to training and, and other kids used to be driving past in, in their cars and it would be raining and I didn't really notice until now what, what she'd done for me. So I want to try to repay her back by being the best I can be and, and enjoying it. And if I can help other kids, then even better. Now, as you can already hear, Bobby Reid is a young man with his head on his shoulders. Uh, when you walk through Ashton Gate on a match day, you often see the players come downstairs as you're going upstairs towards the press area. And he is one of the boys that is always polite. He will always say hi. Uh, he is a really nice chap and he comes across really well in this interview. He also spoke about what it's like to be a footballer at Bristol City and his periods on loan and how his career could have gone a different way. There's a lot, as I said, there's a lot of ups and downs in football. And yeah. You've got to enjoy the ups and, yeah. and the downs. You've got to get over it as, as quick as you can and move on. And once one door closes, another one opens. You always want, want there to be that yeah. fairy tale kind of career at your, yeah. your hometown club. And at one stage, I wasn't really playing, and, and maybe I would have had to look to, to move on. But thankfully, a manager came in and put his trust in me, and I was not to look back. Bobby also spoke about how he plays in the championship, about his physicality as well. Have a listen. I kind of had to adapt my game, but I don't really want to get into that physical battle with, with other players. So I'll yeah. try and move around, move around quick and, and dip in and dip out. But then I think, what would a bigger player not want to do? And he doesn't want to play against a, a small, quick quick player. So I take it as advantage. Well, That's what every player wants to be. It's a Premier League. So if that means that it suits my game more, then hopefully we can go up this year. There's so much more on this if you head to the Bristol Post website. You can see the full interview there. Really is worth a watch. Fascinating. So what's very interesting is a poll I carried out on Twitter asking you what you thought of Bristol City's chances to reach the playoffs still, given they're now outside the playoff spots. You know, they're sat just outside behind Middlesbrough in seventh at the moment, one point behind, and there's an amalgamation of teams behind them queuing up. Preston North End level on points for Bristol City. Sheffield United two points behind. And then you've got Brentford and Millwall breathing down Bristol City's necks as well. So the poll on Twitter obviously wasn't exclusive to Bristol City fans. And I asked, do you think Bristol City will make the playoffs? Uh, I put up a four-hour poll. So in those four hours, we had over 1,000 votes. 1,142 of you voted. 71% do not think Bristol City will make the playoffs. But 29% are staying positive and saying yes. So at the weekend, it is on to Burton Albion, 23rd in the Championship. Three points from safety. They've lost the last two games. And myself and Gregor will be back in full conversation next week to reflect on how this one goes. You think at this stage, anything less than a win, and the Robins might, just might be watching the playoff place slip away. Join us next week for reaction. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Robins on the Wire.